Welcome to Fearless University, the podcast where we discuss, dissect, and examine some of life's greatest fears. My name is Coach Lane Lee, performance coach and fear psychology enthusiast, here to help you understand your greatest fears. Fear is my passion, curiosity is my nature, and understanding is the gift I seek to share with all who will listen. Because if we seek to understand more, we can learn to fear less. Happy Valentine's Day and welcome to another episode of Fearless University. Each episode, I feature a new guest who lends their special brand of wisdom and expertise to help me unlock the mysteries of fear. What we discuss is not an exact science, but in all things, we seek understanding. Because it's not about being void of fear, but instead, understanding more to fear fear itself less. You guys, as you could probably tell, I'm getting over a cold which is why my voice is so seductively low. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it may be a little difficult for me to get through this intro, but it, I'm going to do it because I love what I do and I love this podcast and I love you guys for listening. So here we go. Listen, if you're listening on Spotify, be sure to share this episode to your Instagram stories and tag me at Coach Lane. Let me know you're listening and what you think. If you're on iTunes, please take a moment to rate and review the show. By doing so, you're helping our placement and ranking in search results. And if you're already subscribed, make sure your notifications are turned on so you know the moment a new episode drops. You guys, I do this podcast out of a love and passion for understanding and to add value back to the culture and to people's lives. So all I ask in return is that you rate, review, subscribe, like, and share these episodes if you find them helpful or entertaining. Doing so will help increase our ranking in search results, which will, in turn, at least in theory, help more and more people who need this information find this podcast. Help me touch the lives of millions of people around the world one day, helping them to understand more and, in turn, fear less. Ah, the friend zone. Everyone knows what it is and dread being placed inside of it. For most, it means the death of any hope of a romantic relationship, especially with guys. But riddle me this. If being your partner's best friend is something most mature, long-term couples strive to achieve, why is being friended at the beginning of the relationship so dreadful? And why, if being in a romantic relationship wasn't meant to be anyway, do we forfeit any possibility of friendship out of fear of being friend-zoned? Why is it that for some guys, the friend zone is only reserved for those deemed asexual, unattractive, or for those who identify as homosexual? And why is the friend zone for so many men a direct correlation to the caliber of their manhood and masculinity? Now, we don't get to answer all of these questions, but we do explore many of the complex aspects of this very male-centric phenomenon. And that's not to say that you ladies don't also deal with a fear of the friend zone. So, back to help me in this exploration is my friend Steph G, creator and host of the What I Love About Men podcast and men's relationship expert. A cool little side note, we actually appeared on each other's podcast for this Valentine's Day, talking love-related fears. 
So head on over to iTunes and search What I Love About Men, episode 47, to listen to me talk with Steph about the fear of intimacy. But today on The Fearless You, Steph and I try to define what the friend zone is and why so many guys fear it. We explore the difference in value that men and women place on friendship. We discuss the importance of actually being your partner's friend and why it's important for us to start teaching young men the significance of friendship in their early relationships and why being friend-zoned is a deal-breaker for so many guys. You guys, this is a great episode. Whether you're a guy or a girl, single or dating, in a committed relationship with just friends with benefits, or maybe you know somebody in a bind that really needs to hear this, this is an episode that everyone can benefit from. Remember, the show is all about understanding ourselves and our fears more. I know that whoever you are, you'll be able to find value out of this special love-themed episode. All right, guys, I'm going to stop talking and rest my voice. Without further ado, let's dive into the fear of the friend zone with the one and only Steph G. Check it out. What's going on, everybody? Coach Lane here for Fearless University. I'm super excited today because with Valentine's Day quickly approaching, uh, I thought it'd be apropos to do an episode that revolves around relationships and love. And so I'm excited because we have our resident men's relationship expert here, Stephanie G, a.k.a. Steph G. What's up, Steph? Hey, Lane. Thanks for having me on. Of course. You know you're always welcome here. So today we are talking about the fear of the friend zone. And if you guys have been following, you know that um, I have been researching and diving into this topic of uh, masculinity, redefining masculinity, what it means and how can we start thinking about it differently to start to mend or repair or fix uh, some of these issues that, you know, unfortunately or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, pop culture is, is starting to call toxic masculinity. But how can we start to understand ourselves better? Because, you know, if you listen to the show and you follow the show, we're all about understanding ourselves and our fears better. So today we're talking the fear of the friend zone and how to understand that better. How can we outperform this fear of being friends in our relationships and not worry so much about the implications of what that might mean? And Steph, you told me you got some some good stuff. You got some good material for today, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I pulled my, my audience on Instagram who are primarily male. So I have a lot of guys who responded to why they do fear the friend zone. And it's it's interesting. So we could dive into some interesting reactions from actual men. I'm excited. So let's get started. But before we dive in, I think, and you'd probably agree, I think it's important that we remind the listeners that psychological fear is subjective. You know, mm -hmm. um, on the surface, a lot of our fears, psychological fears can seem similar because they manifest themselves in similar qualities. We're all humans. We all operate under the same function. So, of course, on the surface, our psychological fear is going to appear similar. But the 
deep down nitty gritty as to the why of your fear can be subjective. So please understand that we are approaching this subject from a more general standpoint. Um, it's really cool stuff that you got like actual feedback from your followers. So we're going to really get to hear some of these subjective reasonings behind the whys of, of this fear, this particular fear. So let's, let's have you kick us off, Steph. Um, what is like, let's define this. What is the friend zone and why do you think so many guys fear it? I think the friend zone is this place where, I mean, you can look at it. It's, it's very subjective, right? So you can look at the friend zone as being like, you are, you are my friend. Um, I love spending time with you. I really care about you. Right. Um, I'm really glad that we're together, that we can spend time together. I trust you. You know, there's a lot of good qualities that tie into friendship when generally speaking. And then there's the friend zone where, it has the negative connotation of, okay, well, you don't want anything more than a friend. You don't want to be romantic with me. You don't want to be sexual with me. Um, and I think because of looking at it from that negative, that negative place, um, a lot of men have this feel this rejection of, of being rejected sexually. Right. right and for yeah. men, sex is powerful right. to, to a man because I mean, and to women, but it's a very, um, I think for men especially, it's very much like a dig at the man. It can become a personal dig if you reject him sexually because then you're rejecting you're rejecting most of his manhood, like what makes right. him a man. I think that men come into this – men all have this innate um, behavior and way of thinking in terms of I need to procreate, right? right. Like we come into – we're, we're born into the sense of, okay, men need to spread their, spread their seed, like make more men, make more uh, men and women, mm-hmm. you know, more of their genes. And that's the innate behavior of a man. Whereas women don't like come here and we're like, our, our innate feeling is not babies make babies, you know, like as much as we're not tied to it as much, I think. Right. So I think that when it comes to it's it, depending how you look at it, right? Like some men are in relationships and they do want friendships with women and it's a beautiful thing. Some men are in relationships with women. They have a great friendship and it's an amazing thing, but there is also the aspect of that rejection of sexual intimacy and then the back the back burner is like well you could still you could still be my friend it's like oh, the right. second option it's not right. like i care about you this much it's like i don't really care about you that much is i think how a lot of men think of it yeah i think a lot of guys look at it from the standpoint of it has to be either or and yeah you know i've talked to some of my friends about it some of my male friends about it and um i know you know i have a, a close friend where he and I, we always had, we, we determined a long time ago that, you know, growing up, we always kind of had this hero complex. And I think that that's what a lot of guys have. You always want to be somebody's hero, whether it's your, you know, somebody in your family, it's, it's your spouse or your partner. Uh, maybe it's your kids, but you know, you have this desire to be this larger than life figure and a hero. And I think that when someone tells you, uh, I'm not, interested in you in that way it kind of it makes you not what they're saying but it makes you feel like it's a dig at your capability of being that hero or Mm -hmm. being able to fulfill them in every way that they require and so you feel like it's this um in insufficiency on your part where you're not able to fulfill their every need and that 
I guess by definition would be what a hero is able to do. You know, not that every man has yeah. a hero complex, but I think that being enculturated as being providers and the hunters of the family and the protectors, if you feel like you can't fulfill every need, you feel uh, in incomplete or insufficient, you know, in some way. So I think that um, that's a big part of it too, where it kind of, it feels like it's a dig at your your manhood i guess or or just your your essence mm-hmm. of being but i think that a lot of that also comes with the associations that we place on what being a man is you know yeah and i think today like as we were speaking the other day lane like a lot of people are and a lot of men are confused as to what like, how should I be as a man today? Right. What is what is a strong man today? What is strong masculinity versus toxic masculinity? Like, what am I what am I aiming for? What am I striving to be? So right. along with that confusion as well is it's I think it's even more so hard now when men are rejected because, OK, I need to figure this shit out. Like, right. you know, like, what am I doing? And if they're rejected sexually, it's like this is the one thing I know. It's like I think a lot of men take pride just in the fact they have a penis and they can, you know, yeah. have sex and they, they're good at having sex. So yeah. when that sex is like, oh, I don't want your sex, then it's like, OK, who am I? What capabilities do I have? What am I supposed to do? Well, I think that this is this is a great segue into the next question that I had, because I think that you hit, you know, the nail on the head that men um, tie value to their sexuality, Yeah. right? Their value as a man is directly linked to their sexuality. I think, you know, this is getting way off topic, but you and I were talking about it the other day, um, why guys get offended when someone calls them, you know, gay or homosexual or insinuates that they might be homosexual. Because they're directly linking those two things, value and sexuality or sexual identity. Um, so I think that what you were saying is is a great segue to this question, which was what which was which is what is the difference um, in terms of value that men and women place on friendship? Mm. I feel that women are more, I think for women, friendship is more important. I think the, the first humans, the first female humans, um, were, would collaborate, right. And take care of each other's kids and would, um, do favors for each other. And it was very much about reciprocation. And actually the female brain has a much larger area for reciprocation because of the way we have grown as Mm. a species. So, Mm -hmm. so we're, that's why I usually tell, um, I usually explain things like the woman a woman will do things for a man and she's more likely to expect him to do it, to give it back in mm-hmm. return because yeah. of the reciprocity center of her brain. And the man doesn't have that big of a reciprocity center and it's not like such of a, such as a focus, such of a focus. Right. So he will receive from her and instead of thinking I should give back, he thinks like, oh, I deserve that. Like I did a good job. Right. So because he doesn't have as big of a reciprocity center. So that's why it's important for you, you know, acknowledge the fact that they want something in return. And, you know, for men, like, you know, we want to kind of, that's where, that's where effective communication comes in with, with gender intelligence, knowing the difference between the brains. But like, this goes back to women being in those groups and being used to relieving stress through conversation and venting with other females and, and, um, doing these things together and feeling bonded because that creates oxytocin. So, Mm -hmm. 
women are more likely to to build that oxytocin and serotonin with friendship versus men instead are more likely to do it on their own and not really share so much. They more right. just want to solve the problem, like solve the issue themselves and then feel good about solving the issue, right? And then relaxing with their buddies and like rebuilding their testosterone after they solve the issue. So it's like not so much of a need to um, innate need what I'm saying yeah. um, is to express themselves with other, with other men and talk about feelings and vent about stress. Cause it's not like their typical go-to f- to relieve stress. So I think that's a, that's a main one. Do you feel that for men, that is more of an encultured behavior or do you believe that that is biological or do you think that it's kind of like not 50 50, but do you think that it's um, a shared explanation? Um, what do you mean as this, what do you mean shared explanation? In, uh, in terms of do you, defining, you know, why is it that guys share less and find, you know, um, that, that resolve in being able to just, you know, solve a problem, move on, relax and hang out, you know, as opposed to the way that women would, would, um, are, are more inclined to share and, you know, emote and, um, kind of find that mental relief through sharing. Do you think that that's something that we reinforce through our enculturation or do you think that that's more biological? Cause you were kind of going over the way that the brain operates differently in, in men and women. Um, so do you think that that's kind of shared between biology and culture or do you think that one is more responsible than the other? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's shared. I think yeah. it's shared. I think that's our, our natural, because we do have natural instincts as humans, right? And then we're socially taught to do certain things certain ways. But this is the way we naturally fall into our behavior just because of just because of our brain difference. And the brain can change and you can, um, you know, teach, your, teach yourself to socialize more in different ways. And, and men can for sure go out and, ex- and talk, talk with other men and relieve stress that way if that's the way they would rather do it it's just right. that from from like a culture perspective like how we were how we have become humans more and more over the years and how we have adapted um it it is more more likely to to do it this way like women women want to be group um men are more likely like i'll do it myself it's more like you know he goes in and hunts gets what he needs it's like the same basic concept right got it but um was I was going to say something else, but yeah, there have even been studies um, about when it comes to serotonin that men have more natural serotonin in their brain and women women don't. So we have to mm. we have to like go out and do things to make us happy, right? Um, to get as much serotonin as we can get naturally. So there's Very things like that where it's like women are more in a way like we need to we need to push ourselves to like do things to to make us happy and make us feel good. So I think a lot of that comes with spending time with our girlfriends and, and yeah, I think that, yeah, no, I think that that's a, that's a very well-rounded explanation, but I, I wonder, do you think that, would you, would you recommend that men find a way to maybe, um, share more, um, I'm yes. trying to, I'm trying to think of, of why I'm, I'm, or what, how I'm trying to phrase this. Do you, do you recommend that men share more to achieve that same level of, of serotonin for, 
for different health benefits. You know what I mean? Not simply for the, the sake of, uh, not simply just for the sake of sharing to be more, be more sensitive or anything like that, but for the health benefits that, you know, it, it would bring along with it. Yeah, for sure. And it would reduce the, the depression rates in men, you know, and it would reduce all the mental, mental health. Yeah. Suicides, uh, PTSD, all of that. I think if men were more likely to just in a way express like their emotions or with other men, I think that would be a great, a great step in the right direction. And as we were speaking, uh, the other day on the phone, it's like men are, men are better off talking to their guys about, or talking to like a male therapist, you know, about what's, what's going on in his life versus always venting to his female partner. Right. Because I think, you know, now that we're talking about friendship, you want to be able to go to your friend and talk about your emotions and talk about what's up and like what's going on with you and why you're upset or like why you're afraid. But to always do that to the woman you're you're with in a relationship. Um, and here we're talking about heterosexual relationships. Right. Um, then that's that can put a lot of stress on her, because as you were saying, men want to be the hero. Men want to be the, the leader of the family. And that's that's their instinct. And if a woman wants her man to be that, then she she feels a little worried when he comes to her with all of his emotional stuff. Mm-hmm. So there's a time and a place to share those emotions. Um, they should be shared between you and your partner, but mm-hmm. not, I think, like for men to have like a different way of distress to other men and like just talking about it with other guys who've been through the same shit is much healthier than always going to his his wife, no matter how much of friends they are. Like, I don't think all of his emotions should be dumped on her the way that she dumps them on him. Mm-hmm. Well, I would, I would also say too that, and correct me if you know, or feel free to disagree, but I would also say that, you know, you should be always be wary sharing, just dumping everything on your partner because you got to rem- yeah. remember at the yeah, end of the women, day, like you can, <laughs> right? Yeah. At the end of the day, that person loves you more than anything. And they want you to be happy. They want you to be healthy. Um, and they, they really, you know, we want to take problems away from the other person. And so, you, you know, you just got to be careful because at some point um, it's just going to cause you both to to worry so much. And uh, you got to remember that at the end of the day, they they really want you to be happy. They want to be able to take that pain and and stuff from you. And so it's it's really it's going to be hard on them too to process. And, and basically what I'm getting at is is if you're dumping everything, you may not get the response or the well-rounded help that you're looking for because there's going to be so much emotion tied up into them listening just as much as you sharing. Yeah. You know? And then a resentment can come out of that and other negative things that shouldn't play a part in your intimate relationship. Right, right. So it's it's. Uh, I think that's a good point to bring up. that It, it is helpful to find someone... Um, of the same gender to speak with, whether it's a mentor or somebody that you trust, uh, but you know, preferably a a, uh, a health professional. But uh, yeah. but you know, honestly, I've I've tried the health professional route myself, um, and I think I told you this last time or the first time we spoke on the phone, and it was not the best experience. So I know that it's not yeah. going to be the the same for everybody. You may try therapy for the first time and find a great person. Or it could be like me where you find, you know, somebody who's checking their watch every two minutes to see, you know, when your session is up. Um, mm. So, you, yeah, you just really got to be diligent about seeking out the right 
person that is the the perfect fit for you and the uh, the struggles that you're going through. Yeah. And what's crazy too is I know that so many men want to be in groups with other men and hear that they're going through the same stuff, but at the same time, once they are in that in that arena, then they're more likely to get in, go into competition mode. Yeah. Yes. And that's what's that's what's oh, it's like such a struggle because I actually have men who I'll have I'll be on the phone with a guy and I'll be like, oh my God, I have a client who's dealing with this exact thing. And the guy will say, can you please hook me up with him somehow? Like, do you, can I get a cell number just so we could talk about this? It would be really great to hear another guy like perspective and like what he did to get out of it. And like, right. And I was like, oh my God, yeah, that's awesome. So I would give the number, you know, and I try to, you know, respect each other's confidentiality always. But, but if my client is down, then I'll give him the number and they'll, they'll be like, yeah, sure. I'd love to help him. You know, and guys are so wanting to help, but at the same time when, I, I try to push more group coaching and get guys all in the same like Facebook group or like on the phone at the same time. It's like, no, no, no. Like I'd rather just one-on-one. Yeah. Isn't that weird? It's weird. It's like, they don't want to admit that they want to be in a group setting where it's like, I want to know that I'm not the only one dealing with this stuff. Well, and it's, and this is why I think the actually discussing and diving into masculinity, I'm really glad that people have started to take a uh, much closer look at this because it's really complex because a lot of it defies natural human behavior, you know, like, Mm -hmm. um, for, for guys to be in competition with each other all the time is natural, but to, to the point where you're trying to outdo someone else's suffering is a little extreme. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, but I think that, a lot of the competition also stems from the the lack of understanding of self and um, not knowing that it's okay or not feeling that it's okay to share in the first place. You know, so when you get those guys in that group setting, they're going to feel really weird and they're going to resort to their default setting or they're going to fall back to their default setting, which is, mm-hmm. you know, um, it's it's going to go from competition being – uh, I'm going to outdo your emotions and you're actually going to go back to default, which is I'm just going to outman you, which a lot of guys think is, you know, stoicism and being uh, as withdrawn as possible. Oh, man, that doesn't make, that doesn't affect me. You know, I don't ever <laughs> have to deal with that. And so it becomes a, a, a whole nother competition, which is basically just, you know, seeing who can outman the other guys. And uh, be the alpha in the room, you know, which I've always hated that concept. But yeah. Um, yeah. yeah but I think it's actually, <clears throat> yeah, no. I think it's actually better to, for men to open up like in a healthy way. I think it is better to instead going to like a male therapist or yeah. a therapist, go to a female therapist because then right. you're not in competition mode at all. I think right. that's why my guys open up to me so easily because I'm not, I'm nothing to compete with. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm not dealing with anything they're dealing with so it's just they can let it all go and I think that's much easier but I think when you're in a group setting with a bunch of guys who are just like oh yeah like this shit happened to me like that ever happened to you like just having that talk and just trying to just make sure that you're not the only guy and that you're feeling accepted still at the end of the day I think is important to just try to tie into your lifestyle I completely agree and I think that you know you got to remember too that if if your issue is fear of of 
intimacy or opening up, you know, uh, I'm speaking strictly emotionally at this point, but if it's a fear of intimacy, like emotional intimacy or opening up about your feelings around other men or with other men, then going to a male therapist may actually work against you. If that's something that you're not receiving help from that male therapist to understand that it's okay. And and here's how you're going to go about understanding why it's okay. You know, so definitely if, if you have an easier time talking to women, then, you know, go ahead. But I think that that's male or female. That's there too, is that a lot of guys are just afraid of being judged for being emotional by men, by women. And so I think before you go and expect someone else to fix you or fix your problems, be open minded enough to understand that there is a problem in the first place. And that you need to, uh, you know, one of my favorite sayings, get comfortable with discomfort. Learn to get outside of your comfort zone to grow, to, you know, open up your mind and expand your worldview to understand like, wow, there may be another way of understanding this. And the way I've been going about it has been all wrong. And that's, I think to me, that's the the first step in true bravery is understanding that you don't have it all figured out and you aren't Superman and that you do need help. And asking for help is way manlier than pretending that there isn't a problem in the first place. Yeah. Being real with yourself and just owning your shit. Being real with yourself. I was listening to uh, the, the School of Greatness podcast the other day and Jason Wilson, who is the author of Cry Like a Man, was on there and he had this term uh he has some some good terms like uh, you know uh acronyms and things like the other day on his instagram he um he had an acronym for thug you know like how Mm. he said growing up in the 90s it was all about living the thug life and he said Mm -hmm. he didn't understand what that meant until as an older man he kind of conceptualized this acronym i really wish i might have to look it up while we're here but yeah, it was just a really cool way of of understanding it. And it basically was saying that, you know, the whole idea of a thug is a person who is walking around in pain and they've made trauma their lifestyle. You know, like mm. that's how they view the world, that you're just expecting to experience trauma all the time. Uh, but anyways, what I was yeah. going to say is on the show... He had a term, uh, comprehensive manhood or comprehensive masculinity, which I thought was really cool because he was saying his definition of a man is being what you need for the people, for yourself and the people in your life when it's needed. So it's not always Mm -hmm. being stoic. It's not always being tough. It's not always acting like there's no problem. It's being vulnerable when you need to be vulnerable. Kind of like what you were saying on the phone yeah. the other day, you know, being being the protector when you need to be the protector, being tough when you need to be tough, being, you know, um, silent, being um, diplomatic. It's all these different things because manhood is complex. And so I think that it's, yeah. you know, I think that's what was so cool about that term is that he was, you know, this exploration of manhood is like you were saying about the Gillette commercial the other day, how a lot of people were kind of looking at that negatively because they were saying, well, 
this is implying that all masculinity is toxic. Yeah. You know, instead of saying, no, masculinity can be toxic if not dealt with, just like anything, you know, femininity mm-hmm. can be toxic if you don't deal with the issues that you're struggling with or you're not challenging the conventions that your society and your culture are placing upon you. Because let's not forget, culture is not just mainstream, it's religious culture ethnic culture gender culture you know it's all these different Mm -hmm. things that are kind of trying to define you so comprehensive masculinity i really liked that term because i think that yeah i think that that's really how we should be looking at this from a place of understanding uh in terms of self-definition and self you know um uh an understanding of self and then moving forward understanding yes for me to be a man is for me to be a comprehensive man that's what masculinity is you know um yeah i love that i wanted to bring up how you know we were talking the other day about this how this whole subject of the fear of the friend zone is ironic because when you are in a mature relationship you know something that has had time to grow you know, I've been with my wife for, um, we've been married for three years, but we've been together for 11 years, going on 11 years. Mm-hmm. So we've had plenty of time to work through. We've grown up together and we've had plenty mm-hmm. of time to like really work through the issues that a lot of relationships go through. And coming into this relationship, I would define myself as kind of a typical guy, even though I, was, I had atypical qualities. But for the most part, the issues that I had were very typical male. Um, I was very insecure uh, about my masculinity. And so I would try to manifest it in, I would say, toxic ways, you know, with um, a lot of presumption, um, a lot of anger, a lot of anger, which was not Mm. just from my masculinity, but that was definitely from me not dealing with certain emotions, you know, and, um, frustration. Yeah. And frustration. Um, there was sexual frustration, you know, just from insecurity and, and lack of confidence. So all these things were kind of like working against us. And, and so you and I were talking about how a mature relationship friendship is usually the goal to get to a place where you can say, yeah, my wife or my husband, my partner is my best friend and Mm -hmm. be proud of that fact and not feel like using the F word, the friend word means that Mm -hmm. you are incomplete or um, the insufficient is not the word I'm looking for, but you know, that you're, you're not good enough, you know? And, but the flip side of that, the ironic side is that, when you're getting into a relationship, it's the exact opposite. You may <laughs> think you want a friend, but really you fear that friend word. And that's really, I guess that's really what we're talking about today is that part of the relationship. You know, when you're, when a relationship is new and you're pursuing somebody that, you know, a person of interest, um, you know, why is it that we are so afraid of being someone's friend? So I wanted to ask you, is it important for men to understand how friendship can be more important in a new relationship than being idealized by his love interest. I think it's important for men to 
to set, I think the whole, the tricky part is like when to set a boundary. Uh. Because especially starting the relationship, you don't want to, you don't want to always start in this place of, I just want you to see me as a friend. Like you want her to see you as, as a potential lover at least. Right. right? So, so it's tricky when a lot of guys who are insecure with their own sexuality or, or not, not really good at flirting. Like they're not the most confident. So they don't flirt and they don't give any signs. And then women don't read the signs. So they just assume, okay, well he's not sexually into me. Mm -hmm. Um, so I guess we could just be friends or the woman is just not feeling any desire for her. So she doesn't want a potential, like she doesn't see him as a potential lover at all because she's not feeling desired. She's not feeling special other than her girlfriend makes her feel, you know, she's feeling that same feeling and it's all about the feeling. Everything is about how people make us feel. That's what attracts us to them. That's what keeps people in our lives. We like how they make us feel. So I think from the start, men are, and it's, it's funny because it works both ways. Like you can, like men can become good friends and down the road you have a good relate. you have a loving sexual relationship like, like you. Right. Um, and then there's men who just, you know, don't set, don't set any boundary from the start and then it doesn't lead to anything. And I think the difference between the man who it works with and the man who it doesn't lead to anything with is the level of confidence and maturity in terms of, I self-love. I think if you're a man who really has a mission for his life and loves himself, um, then you can keep being, you can continue a friendship with a woman. And over time, if you're, if your focus is on that mission and on how much you care about yourself and like what you're doing for, for yourself, I think women just are drawn to that yeah. and want to keep you in, in her life because that's, we want a part of that. We want, right. like, we want that type of man who's, who's driven and focused and is fun to be around. Right. So it's like, that's, I think what, what helps that to work that way. And then if a man is not focused on himself and just chasing her and you know what, like, let's be more than friends. You're like, why don't you want to like, like just not giving any signs of desire and then asking her why they're not more Then then all the focus is on her. It's not on his mission. It's not on himself. He's not right. showing that self-love and that self-assurance of, I don't need you. Like I can just have like any relationship with you and I'll keep moving forward. But you know, I'm, I'm attracted to you. So if you want to be with me, like, let's go. Right. It's a different feeling. It's not, it's not confident. Um, so I think when it doesn't come off confident, women sense that, and they don't want to be with a man who's not confident with his mission or not confident with himself. Um, for the most part, I mean, some women do, right. Cause we attract how we want to, how we want the person to make us feel. And some, some women do want to feel like they don't deserve to, to feel confident. So they'll attract right. a guy who's not confident. So that's a whole nother thing. But, um, <laughs> right. Like, totally different episode. Yeah. Right. So, but, um, so being idealized or, you know, not idolized, but idealized, um, the need to feel that way, I think definitely comes from the lack of confidence. When you lack confidence, you want people to look at you, um, the way you want to look at yourself. Yeah. You know, at the end not. of the day, but you're not. You, you know, and so you're not seeking to understand yourself. So you're looking for that assurance that, um, or reassurance from other people. You want them yeah. to look at you super confident and like, oh, you're this, you're that. I remember yeah, I used Lane, to... it comes off like a little, like, I'm good enough, right? Like, I'm good right, enough, right? Little like, needy. That's how we sound. That's how it sounds. Yeah. It and I, I remember I used to be like that. Like, I, <clears throat> in so many other avenues of my life, I was confident with my creativity, with my talent. 
Um, yeah, with the things I was passionate about, super confident. But when it came to myself, um, I had allowed myself, and th- again, this could be going way off tangent, but I think it's it's applicable here that uh, there's there's another concept that I've been thinking about about this false humility. You know, uh, there was another episode uh, where my friend Igor uh, brought up a, a, a quote. Gosh, I forget her name, but uh, it was you know, don't be so humble, you're not so great, you're not that great. I think that we there's this there is this fallacy that we can fall into where you try to be humble and then pretty soon you get to this point where your humility uh, becomes like self-deprecating where you intentionally hold yourself back from greatness because you've lost your confidence in in very important areas Um, namely that that part of yourself where you look at yourself in the mirror and you're like, man, you're a, you're a great person. I feel like a great person. And I, I value, like you have to value yourself. You have to be able to look in the mirror and say, I value you for all of the good qualities that you have. And for the not so great qualities, there's work to be done. But, you know, at the end of the day, you have all of this to offer the world. So I, yeah. I definitely think that um, it's it's, you know. I agree with you when you, when you were saying that it's important for guys to not like if you're if you're seeking an intimate relationship and you're only giving out signals that you want to be friends that will work against you. Yes. You know, but um if you are you if you're bypassing friendship simply because you lack confidence and you're seeking to be idealized instead that also works against you so i think that it's important to find maybe the question should be how important is it to find the balance between confidence um i guess like confidence and friendship or i don't know maybe i lost that somewhere along the way but i was yeah anyways go ahead um well, I think it's it's really important to have that balance, but even more so go in with the understanding that even if you are your most confident and you are giving her as many signs as you can in terms of sexual attraction, she still may not be sexually attracted to you. Yes. Because chemistry yes. is a real thing, sexual it's, chemistry, and if it's right. not there and if she's just simply not attracted to you physically, then you have to keep moving forward and not take that so personally because although it can feel very personal, it's just the fact that, you know, there's 7 billion people on this planet. Like right. we're not, <laughs> we're not meant to attract every single person we bump into or go on a date with. You <laughs> that'd know, be it's a not very messy planet. What? I said, that'd be a very messy planet, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like right. if it did that way, oh my God. Like, we, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Super drama. Yeah. But I think like, that's, that's important because that's exactly what led me to this episode topic. I was thinking, I was watching a show and this guy was like so afraid of being considered this girl's friend. And I was thinking, dude, she's just not into you. And why is that a bad thing? Like, I, th- I think the toxic part of that uh, perspective, what am I trying to say? The toxic part of that perspective from the man side is that you're looking at this like a conquest, you're looking at her like something that you will win at the end of the day. 
you know, or you're going to win over instead of saying, no, this is another human being with her own emotions and feelings and freedom to decide who she wants to love and reciprocate love with and, you know, be interested in. If that's not me, maybe instead of looking at it like, oh, I lost, you know, so because so many guys will say, oh, yeah, I got friended and we stopped talking. And it's like, so you are telling me that you are now missing out. Let's say it didn't go messy because more often than not, it got messy because you were trying to force something that wasn't going to work in the first place. So, so it got messy or it's, let's say it didn't get messy. You said you're not talking to another person who you could say is just your friend who could potentially be there for you in ways that you need in the future, or you could vice versa be there for them. But you're saying you'd rather miss out on that opportunity simply because completely within her rights, she wasn't into you. So she's now, now you're taking that a step further and saying, not only like you're reciprocating in a negative way. Cause you're saying not only I'm trying to think of how I'm saying you're basically saying you're not good enough to be my friend because I wasn't good enough to be your lover. Mm. And it, it, it seems could... so it seems so not just negative, but it's it's petty. Mm. But I could see another side to that, though, because that can be that can be one side. And I think that is the side taken those who are not confident in themselves. Yeah. But there's also the factor of men just being naturally sexually attracted to, to women. Right. And if there's a woman that he's very sexually attracted to and wants an intimate relationship with, and she denies that intimate relationship, but wants to be friends. I do believe like there is, it is important to step away from that friendship completely. If all he's going to think about is being with her. Mm, Great point. Great point. I think that can be torturous to a man. I mean, I don't know. I'm not a man, but I think so. If, <laughs> if your intention, if like all you really want is like you crave intimacy with her and you just yeah. really want to be with her because you really care about her and she just, you know, doing all the friend things and talking about other guys, it's like that could be painful and that could be emotionally damaging. So Very I true. think it's important for men to, to have a good idea. Like, what do I want? And I think, you know, you said, what's the importance of the balance? I think the most important thing is knowing like, what do you want right now? Do you yeah. want female friendships like can you handle female friendships at this time and then you're just doing your thing and or are you specifically looking for an intimate partner in which these female friendships can get confusing and can play with your heart and and you know mess with your mind a little bit yeah and i know for me it's very hard for me to to just you know if guys just approach me randomly and like we don't have not approach me randomly, but like approach me in, I guess like an attraction setting. And then I say, and then they say, Oh, we could, we we could just be friends. I'm like, I'm, I'm 27 years old. Like I'm a 27 year old woman. I'm not looking for guy friends who like, I haven't, I don't really have any, like anything in common with, like, I'm just meeting you for the first time. And you're obviously into me. Like, I'm not trying to like lead you on in any Mm. way and just be your friend. But if I meet men at like a networking event and they're they're into coaching and they're really into psychology and they're they're studying the brain too and they're really into health. Yeah. And we start building this, you know, rapport through our our skill sets and our passions, then I'm more likely to be like, Oh my god, he's a friend for life. Like I could be friends with him. And if right. he's down to be friends, that's a that's a friend right there. And it's a right. very healthy friendship. Yeah. No, that's a great point because I agree. I think that it is emotionally damaging if if yours is strictly a 
physical attraction, there has been no time to really like get to know the other person, which let's admit takes time. It's not just like, Oh, we went on three dates or something like that, you know? Um, but yeah, if, if, if that's your, your sole focus, then, and she's not into you or, or vice versa, then yeah, I agree. Then that would be the healthier option would be to create that distance and, and, uh, just kind of step away from it. So I think that's two very valid sides of the same coin. You know, you could have the same on the surface, the same situation where, you know, he or she is not into you. And so you stop talking to them, but it could be for different reasons. But I think that, that, your your illustration is a much healthier reason. I think that, you know, in, in my case, you know, what I was outlining, if you're getting to a point where you're just walking away because you feel like your your you know, your your manhood or your masculinity was uh insulted uh or something like that, you know, I definitely think that you should look at it from a different perspective and say, hey, maybe Maybe she just needs a friend. Maybe, you know, we get along great. Maybe that's all I want too. You know, maybe my yeah. emotions were kind of misguided. So maybe that's all that we need to focus on right now. So bottom line, I think you hit, you know, you, you, you hit that point poignantly. Make sure that you're, you're, you have a plan. You have a focus and you understand your why. Why am I pursuing this so vehemently? Why am I so hurt? Why am I so disappointed? Like understand every aspect of that as fully and completely as possible. Yeah. And it doesn't hurt to make a pros and cons list too, right? If you're debating, you're Never. not really sure. Like right. if, this per- if this woman would make a good friend, then what are the benefits for you of being her friend? And how, what are the cons? Like how can it impact you negatively and how can it impact you positively? And check yeah. out that list and make a, make a decision based off that. Right. Completely agree. All right, so I think that this is a great point for us to explore your your Insta feedback, the the feedback you got from your followers. Uh, yeah. uh, my my next question was, um, what is it that guys actually fear about being a woman's friend? So about being the or about being placed in the friend zone. Let me be more specific. Not being a woman's friend, but what is it that guys actually fear about being placed in the friend zone what's some of the the feedback that you got okay should i just read a bunch of them and you'll stop me or should i read one at a time yeah read let's let's do the the latter read one at a time and let's kind of go off of that okay we are second place not the lion king more of a sidekick Mm. i think that that sounds like that hero complex right there yeah, that that sounds like you're looking to be I mean, that was a very that was a Freudian slip right there, dude, you know, looking to be the Lion King and not the sidekick, you know, that that kind of goes along with like, man, I really want to be her hero instead of understanding that comprehensive masculinity that maybe sometimes the sidekick is who she needs me to be in that moment. Yeah, maybe eventually you will be the the Lion King. Right. You know, and there's nothing wrong with with striving to be that, but I think that we get lost in the pursuit. We get lost in in thinking that being the hero is everything. Again, speaking mm-hmm. from personal yeah. experience, you know. Um I I really used to want to be my wife's hero. 
And I remember having bad days and, and I think I posted on another, an old Instagram account one day, I posted, um, something from the movie drive. It was very melodramatic, but you know, I, I, I put like, you know, I just want to be somebody's hero. And it's like, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe just be your own hero. Be, be your, you mm-hmm. know, again, champion yourself first. And then other people will start to see you that way, but don't try to force that role um, into other people's uh, perception of you and think that that's going to make you feel better. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I think to be, to be the Lion King, you have to feel like the Lion King without her first. Ooh. I like that. Right. All right. Next. Yeah, regardless one. of whether she accepts you or not, you're still you're still the king. You're still your the eyes. king. Exactly. Like don't don't place your self worth in someone else's perception. Yeah. 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 Cool. All right. Next one. Because we started out wanting more than that, and it feels like rejection. Yeah. That's. I think that's exactly what you were saying earlier. Mm-hmm. That if if yeah. sexual conquest or sexual intimacy is the only thing that you are uh, setting out to achieve, then it will feel, feel like rejection. Yeah. And, and then I think it's, it's yeah, oh, go go ahead. Ahead. no, go ahead. I think it's expectation setting is, is important, but you can't be tied to that outcome. Like you have to, you have to know your why and you have to know what you want. Right. And then go into that relationship knowing what you want, but don't get attached to, the, the expected outcome, right? Like whatever the outcome is, it's out of your control. You you could do from your part. So whatever her reaction is, is not, it's not that you did something wrong. It's not that you're not enough. It has everything to do with her, nothing to do with you. Right. So I think just taking it from that perspective, like I'm setting out to get this, like this is what I want and not being like, if I don't get like that end result, I'm going to kill myself or I'm going to be like, I'm going to call myself a fucking loser. Like, cause that's what a lot of guys do. They're like, all right, yeah. I'm going to go out, get this. And then they don't get it. And then they don't have a backup plan in terms of, you know, just putting themselves place of, all right, you're still strong. You're still good. Like, we'll just move on. Right. It's like they don't prepare themselves emotionally for potential, another potential, a potential outcome that they don't want. You know, they just go in saying, I'm going to get this. And then when they don't, of course, they're disappointed. So right. it's like, don't get attached to the outcome. Right. Um, and and yeah. definitely, I completely agree. Understand your why, you know, above all else, understand why you're doing why you're pursuing this so hard, why you're doing what you do, why you've chosen to pursue it in this method or this way, um, why you feel so rejected or why do you feel so incomplete and in, you know, uh, invaluable, like really challenge again, get comfortable with discomfort because that is the only place that you're going to grow, you know? Um, Challenge your thoughts. If you don't challenge your thoughts, they just take over you and consume you. And for the most part, they could be negative, sticky situations. So right. challenge them. Ask yourself, like, is this is this real? Like, is this true? Like, am I really am I really a reject? Am I really a loser just because someone's not physically attracted? Like, you know, is this true or am I making the story in my head? Like, right. just, and I you know. I think too one one of the things that I'm always telling uh, the people that I'm coaching or helping to outperform a fear. I'm like, you realize, I I always say, watch your language. Like you have to realize that the words you use have power. You and I talked about this in our, our last interview. Um, 
Words have power. And the reason we have so many words is because they have different meaning um, and because they describe different emotions, situations, you know, methodologies. We, We have different words for a reason. And I think that in our limited understanding, we make synonyms out of words that are never meant to be uh, used as synonyms or maybe conventionally they have over time become synonyms. But originally, if you look at the actual like root of the words, they were different and have different meanings. Yeah. Or look at, look at the meanings of the words in different languages, because that also helps you to understand what it is that you're using to describe an emotion, a feeling, um, uh, a goal, like really mm-hmm. redefine how you are uh, telling yourself something or telling yourself to do something. You you have to really challenge it. I had a girl last night that said, I need more power in, in her tumbling skill. And I said, what is power? And she yeah. kind of looked at me like for a second, like, oh, and I was like, I just said, I'm like, how do you define power? Then she was like, strength. And I was like, not necessarily. Maybe in in another context, but in this context, power is the way I look at it. It's speed and grace. You know, that's what's going to generate power. So, yeah, I definitely think mm-hmm. that, you know, changing the way that you are describing your feelings, describing yourself or describing your goal will also help you to understand yourself better because I think – especially as men, we use a lot of, we use a lot of competitive and conquest orientated language in the things that we, in the way we describe our world. And so I think it's, it's, it's really healthy to get out of that context and challenge yourself to use different words and think about things differently. And the more uncomfortable you can become in doing that, the better it's going to be because you're going to understand yourself and your world so much better. Yeah, totally. All right. Number three. Friend zone is the best place to be in. It's where trust is built and where pure righteous love exists. Oh, that was a good answer. (laughs) I like that. See that. I feel like that's somebody who has had time to experience not just a mature relationship, but who has had the time to understand himself better. Yeah. I know know him personally. He's a very confident man. That's awesome. See, there you go. Confidence directly correlates with that lack of neediness, you know, for you you really, you don't need so much validation, the more confident you are. And of course we know this, but in the, in the context of manhood, I think that, and, and masculinity, I think that the lack of confidence is what creates that toxic behavior. It, It creates distrust anger, resentment, um, emotional toxicity or emotional, like, you know, uh, constipation, mm. like it really helps you to offload so many emotional things. Constipation. I like that. Thank you. Yeah. I felt <laughs> right coming out of my mouth, which is not what you want to say when you're using the word constipation. <laughs> <Ironic>. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, but I know personally, you know, like I, I felt more um, more of a friend to my wife, the more confident I found myself becoming. And, um, and I felt, you know, we were talking the other day about, I told you about how the word sensitive 
is ironic because it, it's used in both a positive and negative connotation. We say, you have to be sensitive, like be sensitive. And then we say, oh, don't be so sensitive. Right? Yeah. So it's used in both contexts. But I, hands down, no matter who said it to me, um, I only ever really heard it from my wife back when we were dating. But it, even if it had come from somebody else, I took it immediately as an offense. And now I wear it like a badge of honor because I'm like, you know what? This is something a lot of guys have to work really, really hard at at being. And this mm-hmm. kind of, you know, even though I had my my hangups in other areas, I've always been a very uh, sensitive guy, always been very in touch with my emotions. And I fought it for so long instead of instead of seeing that it, it is something that adds value to your life and the lives of those that you interact with, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, and I have noticed that the toxic anger issues, it was never to the point where I'm like lashing out at people um, physically. Um, But it was definitely where, you know, sometimes I would erupt verbally at somebody or I would take it out on inanimate objects. Sometimes I'd kick a freaking, you know, door or, you know, hit something. And and then I'm like, okay, so you're just hurting yourself, but you're also scaring the people around you. But what is the real issue? You know, and it it definitely came from a lack of confidence, a lack of self-understanding. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, I, you know, we've all heard the statistics that suicide rates and um, violence against other people's is mainly caused or or, uh, mainly done by males. And I think that a lot yeah. of that comes from that lack of confidence because it breeds so many other toxic emotions um, inside of us. So anyways, yeah, and it's a- more the more the most successful suicides are from men, but there's much more attempts uh, by women. Oh, interesting. and that's because, yeah, it's because women feel like they're able to talk to people about things. Yeah. So we'll naturally go and talk to our friends and then, of course, or seek help and then they'll help us out of it. But men or maybe not go and talk. Therefore they just do. And then. Yeah. yeah that's unfortunate. Um, but that was a great com- comment. I like, I liked his comment and I think that that's a great, so far these three comments are great because they kind of are showing and affirming everything that we've been talking about so far, you know, that there yeah. are many sides, uh, many complex layers to, to, to masculinity, manhood, and the male perception of love and friendship. So um, yeah. I think it's really cool. Okay, do you have – how many more do you have? A couple more? Yeah, I have like 10 total, but um, wow. I'm just reading the most interesting ones. This one's funny. Um, this one is – his response is, that's the problem. I don't. Ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's the problem. He's too comfy. Too comfy in the friend zone. That's so funny. He's like, yeah, I'm fine. I don't fear the friend zone. That's exactly where I want to be, nestled in the friend zone. And there's, or and that's there's nothing the problem. He's trying to seek a romantic partner, and he's not afraid of the friend zone, so he keeps just get falling into the friend zone and not attracting anyone sexually. Got it. So maybe he needs yeah. to be more afraid. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I think it's it's interesting because there's and, and this is the the thing that I want to get to the point that I want to get to more than anything is that 
there's nothing wrong with the friend zone and the fact that we had to put a label on it and and make it something negative says a lot about male culture you know that a lot of it is tied to as as i was mentioning at the very beginning a lot of it is tied to our manhood is tied to our our sexuality and our sexual identity and i think that being labeled a friend has been made a negative thing because it's like oh dude if she just wants to be your friend that means she don't, you know, you're, you're no good in the bedroom or you just say, you know, you don't got what she want. And yeah. I think that it's we're, we're seeing that it's so much more complex than that. It it really doesn't boil down to one negative aspect of your inability to please a woman. It, it, it's so much more layered and nuanced than that. And I think that um at the end of the day, you know, that's the problem is that we call it the friend zone and that we've made it this negative thing. And I want guys who are listening and the ladies that are listening to help their guys understand that there is nothing wrong with being a friend. And uh, I think that the less we use that that phrase or that term, the more we'll understand that, you know, there there could be other ways of looking at the relationships that we pursue and you can think of it as like stages, like yeah. the first stage before right. getting into something that's seriously committed and trustworthy and, and intimate. Yeah. So I think, you know, I like to think of it as like, and this is funny because I remember being, I'm just, I randomly thought of this right now, being in my college dorm and living with my best friend the first year of college. And I remember looking at her and saying, I don't think... <clears throat> I was, I said something like, I, like, you're my, you're my best friend right now. Like, I can never cheat on you. Like, I can never, like, lie to you. Yeah. And, and then it's like looking at her and like how, how close we were and how bonded we were. It's like, this is what it must feel to be like, I I forget like how I said it, but I was just like, I can never, like, I can never cheat on you. Like, I just felt like so like that, like she was my person, yeah. you know, and I'm like, this is <laughs> what it must be like to be with someone like intimately, but also have like the intimacy with it. And right. It was just like such a strong friendship. And I think that's, it's like when you do have that strong friendship, it's like the obvious is just, well, I would never leave you. Like you're, you're my best friend. You yeah. know, like I would never. So there's a level of trust, like extreme trust, vulnerability, um and respect like that comes with friendship that doesn't come with sex like that comes with friendship exactly so that's i think that's a great point that's what i'm saying is like we've turned this thing that is supposed to be so it's like the the strongest glue in existence you know next to um that that bond that you know mothers and and their children share or something you know like where you're bonded so closely to somebody or you know if you have your soulmate which doesn't always mean the person you're in a relationship with it could be you know uh, my my wife always says that her grandmother was her soulmate which is such a beautiful thing because it shows you that a soulmate is simply when two like-minded souls connect in in the same span of existence and it doesn't have to be the person that you end up in a relationship with. But yeah, you know, that friendship bond where you say, you know, I love you and I feel, um, I feel connected to you and and vulnerable enough to share things with you. Um, I will forgive you in those moments when you're angry and I will be there for you in those moments when you're sad. 
I trust you. I know you trust me. It's a it's a great place to be. So why would the friend zone be such a negative thing? And it's because I think it's a, a male concoction, to be honest with you. I think that male culture, as they so often do, has created this um, term to define something that challenges your masculinity uh, because it's simply easier than actually taking the time to understand yourself and the person that you're pursuing and and say hey maybe maybe we're just meant to be friends and you know if i'm just physically attracted to you i think that it's best that you know we we part our ways because that's all i'm ever going to want it's not going to be a healthy relationship but Mm. you know if if we do if there is something there we we get along Maybe that's what you need. And I think that when I when I approached you about this subject, I was thinking about some of the uh, the young men that I know um, who are on these co-ed cheer teams and how important I think I was telling you, I, I was talking with a couple of them and saying, you know, you guys, it can't always be about flirting with all the girls on the team or looking for your next girlfriend. I know you work very closely you know, you guys are, you're, you're touching each other and it's a very intimate atmosphere. But I said, it has to be about more than just, you know, hooking up or flirting. It has to be an understanding there that as men in that world or as boys and guys in that world, there may be girls there that look to you as friends because that's what they need. You know, mm-hmm. they don't need another guy hitting on them. They come to practice and they're on this team because a lot of, for a lot of them, it's a, it's a, it's a safe place. You know, it's a, it's yeah. a family atmosphere. Maybe they don't have that family atmosphere at home. Maybe they don't have a great relationship with their, their dads or brothers or whoever's at home. So here they get to experience that in a positive way. And so I said, you guys got to be mindful of that because you don't want to take that from from them and you don't want to rob yourself of that opportunity to understand that kind of a um a different kind of a intimate relationship where it's an emotional intimacy and it's uh, a level of trust that you may not experience again in your lifetime so um yeah anywho yeah now I- that you mention that i think like i think if guys were more um, we're more inclined to go go to certain meetings or events, like based around a certain you know skill or hobby. Yeah, and meet women that way. I think they're more likely to work up from friendship to intimacy versus going to a bar and then she flat out like rejects away because at a bar setting it's more like you well, I want to get intimate right away. Right, like that's just so. I think the environment depends on it has a huge. Um, indicate is a huge indicator of how it's going to how it's going to play out you know like in a bar setting it's more likely she sees you come hit on her and she's already like putting herself in that safety place of like okay no like we'll get him out of here or like i'll sleep with him and then and not sleep with him um you know like it's it's more it's more like the sex is expected and yeah say like no i don't want to have sex right now no but if you work up to it in a setting where she's comfortable like you're saying like some women go places to feel safe and just be around men and feel safe in that place and not feel like they're they're gonna get hit on right and i think that's how i feel when i go to like networking events it's like we all have a skill and a passion we're talking about and we're discussing together so i feel safe there i don't feel like i 
I have to get hit on by a bunch of guys right. versus going out to a nightclub or somewhere where it's more likely to happen. And yeah. that, that way I do build more friendships and there's more opportunity for growth in those relationships versus me just shutting a guy down day one yeah. just because I'm like, sex, no, bye. You yeah. know? It was funny because when, um, when I became a male cheerleader, I remember feeling so guilty because I was like, my whole life I've been told not to touch girls in certain areas and ways. And there's just things that happen when you're a cheerleader and you're building stunts and you're catching people and things are falling, you know, like you end up touching and catching. And I remember feeling yeah. so bad, but what, what really shocked me was like that level of trust that was there, you know, where it wasn't, it, it taught me as a young man, a different way of looking at physicality with, with girls, mm -hmm. because it was like, you know, yeah, it was really, really interesting because it's like, and I've talked to other male cheerleaders, including these guys about it. And, and they say, they all say the same thing. They're like, yeah, you're not thinking sexual at all in a moment where you've, you know, you've caught and touched something you normally wouldn't touch or, you know, you're not thinking about it in a sexual way at all because it's about intention. intention and that mutual trust that is there, you know, that, that level of respect. Mm -hmm. You understand, like, I'm saving this human being's life. I'm not trying to cop a feel, you know? Yeah. And so it was a really interesting um, education for me about that that physicality to understand. I think even Tim Ferriss was saying, you know, like, um, he does – he did competitive uh, salsa dancing or something like that for, like, 10 years. Oh, really? Yeah, like, he went down to Argentina, he said, for, like – it was supposed to be a couple weeks, like a two-weekend – or two-week trip – and it turned into like uh, several years, maybe. But he ended up wow. staying down there, getting involved in salsa. And he was like, there's something very special about being in that physical setting where you're up close and personal with the opposite sex. You know, you're mm. you're touching each other, but it's not sexual. You're intimate, but it's not sexual. It's like you're you're like you said, it's intention it's a mutual respect for a shared passion, you know, like dancing or cheerleading, or I drive by a Brazilian jiu-jitsu place uh, very often on my way home from the lessons. And I see men and women in there training together, grappling and wrestling. Mm. And you know that it's about that mutual love and respect um, out of competition and skill. So yeah. it's, it's a, and I, so I completely, you know, agree with what you're saying. Maybe try just getting involved with something you're interested in, in which men and women are involved, and let that mutual respect build, um, experience that level of trust, and see how that doesn't maybe change your perception of being someone's friend or being in the friend zone when, let's say, your intention was not sex at all. You're just going in. Going with the passion with for the doing passion. that thing. Right, yeah. exactly. Don't make so, it about her. Yeah, exactly. Don't and and again, it's that changing, watching your language. Don't make it about a conquest, like oh, I gotta get that girl. I remember saying stuff like that one. You know, mm -hmm. oh, I'm, I'm gonna get that girl. Like she ain't yours to be got <laughs> in the first place. Like she is a person. You know, but that's how dudes are. That's the language yeah. that we grow up hearing and and developing. And you really gotta change the way you look at things. Like you know, mm -hmm. women. And, and, and girls, you know, let's say that there's a, there's girls out there that are looking at men like that. You know, like, oh, he's going to be mine. Yeah. Like, 
it you know we're not objects to be had on either side of the table you know at the end of the day like we are people uh that are should be respecting people respecting each other and respecting the choices that the other person is well within their rights to make you know it is a choice for them to accept you into their lives and love you and yada 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 you know it's yeah, not yeah. their obligation so yeah anywho i will let's let's move on to the next comment maybe this will be okay. our last one since i seem to go off on extreme <laughs> tangents on oh, every you good tangents yeah you know at least they're at least they're meaningful um Okay, this one, it's not really a fear. The friend zone only works when both parties genuinely appreciate each other. Huh. That sounds like it, uh, it's, it's coming from another very confident man. Yeah, I don't know him too well, but I know, like, he's he's very well-spoken. He's very respectful, like, yeah, from what I know, meeting him through Instagram. And it's not to say that, like, guys who fear it are not confident, yeah. You know, I think it's just the negative connotation that society placed on the friend zone. Like you For said, sure. it's about the words and like what we what we hear when we think friend zone. And women women hear that too. Like we feel that too. It's like when we're friend zoned because we are as well. It's not just yeah, guys. Yeah, right. We're in the friend zone. It's not. We don't think of it. You know, my immediate reaction of like being friend zoned is bad. It's like oh shit. Like I'm not pretty enough, or I'm not smart enough for him, or I'm not gonna. You know, and it's. Now, I don't think like that, but I think just based on society standards, that's like the initial thought process is taking you through that, that, um, you know, those, those negative words right. and that negative place. Yeah, for sure. I wanted but, to move um, on to the next question, which I think is kind of what I was saying, like what I want everybody to really take home from this episode, um, which I think has been great. Been a lot of great points have been brought up and kind of, you know, like reiterated and, and driven home. Um, so I want to thank you so much for, for adding your, your specific brand of expertise in this area, you know, where you're, you're coming from a, a standpoint as a woman who works with men on their relationships. I think that it's, uh, just phenomenal. It's a perfect fit. So thank you so much, Steph, for just like, you know, thank I just you. acknowledge your expertise and thank you for adding that to the show. Um, Thank you. yeah, but, uh, the question, the question I'm, I'm, I want, or the point that I want to drive home is that I think that the friend zone issue starts very early in, in development. And mm-hmm. I think, especially nowadays, it's something that, you know, young men and women are hearing, you know, boys and girls are hearing from a very early age coming up just because, you know, it's 2019 there, there's very, little left of the veil of secrecy you know just in in society like kids can learn anything they want on their smartphone with very little supervision so um but why is it important for us to start teaching young men the importance of friendship in their relationships and how do you think this will change the dynamics of their relationships in the future if we teach him uh, these values earlier? Mm, That's a great question. Um, I mean, I think it's important just to have, just to build effective communication with women and start, start that young through friendship, because the only way you're going to 
improve your communication skills with the opposite sex is if you get like have friends, you know, you're not just going to hop from one intimate partner to the next. And if you are, you're not really understanding who they are as a person because that's a different type of relationship. Right. So I starting starting friendship early and making that important to just understand her perspective, like young men have to understand how young women think more than more than they're aware of now. You know, I think it's it's and that's why there's so many um, communication problems today is because men were not taught from a young age, like understand her point of view and allow her to under and for women understand his point of view and where he's coming from. Right. And I think that does come with, with deepened friendships because when we come on from a place that's just, you know, I love you, I love you and I care about you and I want, we want to understand people when we love them and care about them. Right. And so I think there's so much, um, there's just, it's so important. It's so important for, for young men to under, to start looking at it from her angle and think like, how is she feeling when you do this? How do you think she feels about it? And ask her, you know, yeah. ask her how she feels when you just said that to her. Like, what are, like, what are you thinking? Or just having these questions to, to build friendship and team friendships. And then once these men grow up and get in relationships, it's they, they're more, um, they're more communicative in their relationships. They don't yeah. have a problem discussing like daily daily things like daily thought process processes with their intimate partner it's like much easier to just talk things out right. it's much easier to solve problems and at the end of the day it's like you're you're my best friend i love you and i care for you so i want to know how you're feeling i want to understand you and with more understanding and more effective communication but comes more love and more intimacy mm-hmm. and more trust and more bonding and more laughter and stress-free living because right. when you understand where someone is and they they understand you you have each other's backs and you know you, you can't really go wrong you just understand think, just yeah start understanding young no i think that's that's perfect i think two points i wanted to to bring up about that were the first is when as a young man, you are trying to understand as a man, let's just, let's be honest. Most adult men have this issue too, but when you ask what's wrong or you seek to communicate value, the response that you get and, Mm -hmm. and and instead and make sure that you are not dismissing it or writing it off as, Oh well, you know it's, that's just you know it's too emotional or this or that. Yeah. Like, don't value ask the... it to ask it. Don't just ask it because it's the right thing to ask how she's feeling. Like, there actually take in what her response is and right. then say, okay, what do I have to do? And then challenge your thought. Right. It's a challenge for yourself. Think of it like a challenge, guys. Like you love challenges, so yeah. Take that as like, a, okay, what can I do to make her feel better? Like, what can I do differently next time? Or how can I try to see this from her angle, even though it's really hard for me to see it from mine? Or how can I just listen because I know my biggest, a, a lot of guys, but I'm, my biggest issue for a long time was always trying to fix the problem instead of just hearing what the problem was. Yeah. And just sitting there and and listening and saying. Okay, that was a problem. And just moving on, you know, and just and hearing it. I remember one of my favorite moments from uh the NBC show Parks and Rec. I don't know if you ever watched that. But there was uh yeah. there was an episode where Rashida Jones's character was pregnant and her boyfriend was always trying to fix everything, you know. Oh, your feet hurt. Let me do this. Oh, this, this. let me do this. And that that was his that was his personality, his character Chris Traeger was just a great character because he was a health nut 
um, he was like a, a busy bee and his backstory was that um, he had a heart condition as a kid and it was told he wasn't going to live past like six. And so when he did, he, he just embraced life and every moment was a gift and just a, a challenge for him to, to live it to the fullest. So when that started carrying over into his relationship and trying to uh, deal with her pregnancy, it started to get annoying when he just wouldn't listen to the problem. And mm-hmm. so um, he was talking to another character, uh, Aziz Ansari's character. And as he said, you know, dude, sometimes you just got to agree with whatever she's saying. Like, just try to empathize. Like, instead of saying, how can I fix it? Just say, that sucks. And, yeah, you know, so he tried it. She sat down with her on the couch one day. He was up doing his normal run and she she sat down. She wanted to talk. And so he sat down with her and she started, you know, well, you know. Uh, my feet hurt and I'm nauseous all the time and I fart and you know accidentally and blah 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 he's like that sucks and she was like yeah that does suck huh and it it was just like a cool moment because sometimes that's all you need to do is just listen and empathize not sympathize because you can't always relate but just empathize like that sucks you know I'm sorry that you're going through that so the first point value the response that you get listen to listen and not or ask to listen not just because you think like you said just because you think it's the right thing to do and then on the flip side of that i was going to say because i have heard you know working in so many high schools i've heard girls walk around and when when they're getting into issues or tiffs with you know uh some guy they'll tell them well be a man or man up and they're adding fuel to the fire of misunderstood masculinity and so i think that was that was a trigger for me in high school and and college years as well it was like i would get offended because i didn't fully understand what that meant for me and a lot of guys don't understand what man up means they don't understand what be a man means because again it's a comprehensive masculinity it's a complex layered issue um, and so being told to do something, uh, that you don't fully understand by someone else who may not fully understand what that means can be frustrating. And so it doesn't lead itself or lend itself to, you know, constructive communication. So I would yeah. say, you know, both, both, it, there's two points to that. I think that are really important, you know, guys ask to listen, actually listen and value your responses and girls make sure that you are not, um, you know, furthering, you know, adding fuel to the fire of the misunderstanding of manhood. Um, and what that might, you know, all that that includes. Yeah. Because this, like whatever is toxic around masculinity and whatever is toxic around femininity, we, we contribute to it. We all contribute to it, Heck right? Yeah. And we have the power, we, both of us, men and women, have the power to stop this and put an end to all the toxicity and start a new, fresh beginning with effective communication. So yeah. it's up to all of us. We all play a part in this. It's not, there's no one side is better than the other. It's, we are all doing this together. So just keep that in mind and try to do your best to promote the response that you want. Exactly. I completely agree. Well, Steph, this has been an amazing time together. Before we head out, 
tell the people where they can find you on social media and how they how can we support you? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at Steph Ganowski, S-T-E-P-H-G-A-N-O-W-S-K-I. Um, I'm on in Instagram. I pretty much live on Instagram. I'm always there in my stories. Uh, I also... <laughs> constantly i also have a podcast it's called what i love about men and the podcast is on spotify and itunes so i'm posting i post episodes every tuesday and friday and yeah besides that to apply for my coaching you can just go to the bio my bio in my instagram and that has my coaching and my podcast right there so yeah that's pretty much my stuff sweet and i know that um you guys i know that our last uh, episode with Steph was on this podcast as well as hers. So make sure you go over there and like hers episode, uh, her episodes as well. I'm sure this episode will also appear over there. So make sure you go over there, listen there as well, like it over there and be sure to subscribe uh, to her podcast and follow that so that uh, we can support the entire community and everybody that comes on the show Steph, this has been great. Another great episode. I truly appreciate yeah. it. I think uh, moving moving into February, uh, this is going to be a great episode for everybody that's, uh, you know, looking for love advice and, and how they can change the quality of their, their friendships and their relationships. Yeah, love it. Thanks yeah. so much, Lane. Yeah, thank you, Steph. There you have it, guys. Another episode is in the can. I want to thank my special guest, Steph G for uh, coming back on the show and talking about the fear of the friend zone with us today. You guys, if you enjoyed today's episode, please grab a screenshot on your phone or wherever you're listening to this, post it to your Instagram stories and tag me at Coach Lane and tag Steph at Steph Ganowski, G-A-N-O-W-S-K-I. And let us know what you thought about the episode and if you enjoyed it. Share it with your friends. Again, we seek to add value to the lives of people every single day by helping you to understand your fears and yourselves better. You guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Remember, if we seek to understand more, we can learn to fear less. I'm Coach Lane. Happy Valentine's Day. I'll catch you on the flip.